Hello, everyone. This is your host, Susan Rosen. And my guest today is Anna Bocino, who has wonderful background and uh, life experiences, has just expanded into a lot of different areas and all in health and wellness. And she's going to tell us a little bit about herself and then we'll uh, we'll get into it like we usually do. Wonderful. Thank you Thanks. for having me. Oh, thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. Yeah. So I, um, I have a background in entertainment. I'm a voice talent and a comic. And so usually what comes along with when you're talent, you have to wait for the phone to ring. So I, when I was diagnosed with celiac in 2002, which the only known treatment of that is just to go gluten-free. And in 2002, there's, there were hardly any gluten-free, pro- there were a few gluten-free products. There was an end cap at, at Whole Foods that had like bags of, you know, $17 cookies, you know, and that was $2,002. So it was a lot of money to try to eat gluten-free. And I was going through what I now like to call the temper tantrum when people find out that they can't eat certain things or they have a food allergy or an intolerance or whatever you want to call it. Uh, yeah. The, the temper tantrum <laughs> is real, right? You're like, oh, I want to just, nah. and um. I bought a bag of expensive cookies and they tasted so bad and the texture was so bad. I was, I made a vow. That was my like, you know, gone with the wind Tara moment where I was like, I vow to make delicious gluten-free food. Being the menchie person that I am, I wanted to blog about it and give the recipes out. So, you know, coming up with my own flour blends and trying to figure out, you know, how to do things dairy-free or egg-free, you know, because everybody has a different, we all have a panoply of where we are on the spectrum of food Uh intolerances. So I was blogging in my free time and then something happened, which I think was a combination of just kind of getting older as well as uh, eating a tremendous amount of carbs. Because when you're mm. cooking gluten-free baked goods, you literally pound mm. for pound are eating more carbs than you did when you were having gluten stuff. Not to yeah. mention the fact that when I was celiac, I was the proof that um, when you're thin doesn't necessarily mean you're healthy because I was rail thin because I hadn't digested a single nutrient in my entire life. The, they call yeah. it failure to thrive now, but we didn't have that, you know, and they wouldn't say that for a 28 year old woman. They'd be like, oh, you're thin, girl. You should be happy. That's the cultural message we receive, right? Uh huh. Right. So in 2012, a friend of mine, Vinny Tortorich, he came to me and he said, um, I hear you produce podcasts, which was true. I was producing podcasts. I, I have a book and they told me I needed a podcast and you should produce it. And I was like, no, <laughs> that's a lot of work. And, um, and he said, do me a favor, read my book. His book's called Fitness Confidential, a little plug for Vinny's book. And I read uh-huh. the book and it was so good. That I was like, all right. And for some reason, I said yes to this guy. And um, we wound up podcasting. And so his angle is, and he's a trainer to the stars, but he wanted to get into just helping regular people um, because, uh-huh. you know, stars have enough. They're fine. The stars are fine. <laughs> Celebrities are just fine. They don't need more help. He wanted to help everyday people because of the obesity problem that's happening in this country. Uh-huh. And his angle mm-hmm. is, he calls it NSNG, no sugars, no grains. So he took what I was doing with the gluten-free and taking it one step further. And I was like, well, hold on. I thought I was being healthy by eating gluten-free. And he's like, well, you are for your body, but you're also putting on weight. And when you put on weight, that's oftentimes a side effect of your body saying, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. What are you doing? So I changed the whole focus of my blog to being, I guess you would call it low carb. I guess keto is a hot word right now, but I have a big problem with that word. Yeah. Uh, But sugar and grain free. Uh-huh. And so I came out with my first cookbook in 2016, second one in 2019. I just turned in the manuscript for the third one and right. uh, then figured out I needed to launch a sauce and spice company. So it's all kind of grown out oh. of my reluctant yes 
to Vinny in 2012. Mm-hmm. And here we, here we are today. That's my, my long bio, a very long bio. Oh, no, I didn't. Actually, I thought it was kind of short. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, that's great. So let's see, Eat Happy and Eat Happy too. I love, I love those. I love those titles. Well, I named so, them Eat Happy, if I could interject for a second. I named them Eat Happy uh-huh. because my mother, who she was diagnosed with celiac first, and then they said it's hereditary. And I was like, oh, I don't have it. Don't I take after do. my father. I don't have it. Yeah, right. <laughs> sure I know. Don't sure you know I did. Well, she always suffered from uh, bipolar depression, which is one of the main uh, depressions, yes. one of the main symptoms of yes. celiac. Yes. 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 Um, my mom had she that was too. a sh- Yeah. She was a sugar addict. And um, <clears throat> I noticed when I changed and got the sugars and grains out of my diet, for the most part, by the way, I still eat sugars. and grains. By the mm-hmm. way, 100% of people eat sugars and grains again. I, I want to be really clear that I'm not like a, a black and white binary. You can never have that right. food yeah, again. No, no, right. Me neither. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But for the most part, when yeah. I made that shift and added in the fats and took away the carbs, my Mm -hmm. brain chemistry shifted for the better. And it was not Mm -hmm. something I could help my mom with. Unfortunately, she passed away in Mm -hmm. 2014 and I'm glad I got to Mm -hmm. be there, but her body basically had systemic organ failure from an infection and it wasn't strong enough to fight it because she had unbeknownst to her decimated her organs through a sugar addiction. And it was really, it was obviously a tough thing to watch and experience, but it yeah. was a motivator for me to like, Hey, let's, let's take that menchie part of yourself and really get that word out about it. Because we all know we all have a sugar addict in our lives. We, yeah. we do. And maybe it's us. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Partly, partly. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, um, so that's why I call them. Eat yeah. Happy. No, I think that I, I love that. That those are, yeah. I also love the fact that you're, um, that it's organic and it's, it's all checks off all the, right. The boxes for me because yeah, I know just fam family wise, my mother had horrible allergies. Right. You know, she was the kind who would walk into a store and she'd have an allergy reaction to the wax on the floor. Right, the chemical. She would have severe chemical yeah. reactions. Yeah, yep. chemical, food, everything. Scents um, or fragrance too. That's another big trigger for people. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh god, I can't. I can't stand being around any of that at all. Yeah. Um, my father had no allergies. No nothing bothered him yeah um four kids all four of us got her allergies different different parts of her allergies but <laughs> you know some food some yeah. sense some right. other it's but it, it's it's um it is so you know all that family it is real it i know people want to yeah. like write it off sometimes but it is real when my daughter was younger probably like seven or eight she goes she said to me you know what if you were a superhero, you'd be the sneeze because <laughs> I sneeze all the time because of allergies. Everything's like, oh, everything bothers me. It's gotten better uh-huh. since changing my yeah. diet, but um, it's still there. Yeah, funny how that works, huh? I know. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, absolutely. Yeah, I, um, I, I know, I know, I know the problem. I know the problem. For me, just as an aside, there are certain things that I cannot, under any circumstances, eat or ingest. Right. right. And you know Not that because you've experimented, which I Thank advise you. people to do figure out because yeah. one person can have dairy and another person can't. One person can have nuts. Another person can't. But nightshades, oligosaccharides, you know, the onion garlic family, you know, it's all uh-huh. everybody's different. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And what is it? B B one, I think it is not thiamine, the one that sounds like that. Nice. Anyways, it's this thing that's in, it's the know. thing that's in, that's in hibiscus. Um, anyways, are you allergic? To I it? thought, oh my God, I had a, I had a cup. I didn't even get the whole cup down and I 
could hardly breathe. It was just like someone was sitting on my chest. So no hibiscus tea for you. No, 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 no. And they put this stuff in so many supplements. I can't tell you, but um, wow. Yeah. You got to really read labels then. Uh, Yeah. Well, I was doing that anyways, but now I really got to read labels. (laughs) You guys, if anybody's listening, read labels, even if it's a thing you've bought a hundred times before, I can't tell you the number of times formulas change, whether you're talking about supplements, any Processed food, which by the way, I'm not saying processed food is bad. Processed food just means anything that has more than one ingredient. So pick it up, look at if it's your favorite mustard, your favorite mayo, or your favorite mm-hmm. vitamin, pick it up and look at it every, before you put it in the thing. I'm telling you, they change stuff. That's, I think that, that, I think, I think we just brought the biggest value to, to this whole podcast. There's your tip <laughs> of the day, folks. Exactly. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> no, really. Truly. Yeah. 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 It's scary. It's very scary. Because they don't have yeah. to let us know. Yeah. It's up to it's up to you as the consumer to to check it out to make sure that that's a thing you can have. So something I learned yeah. too from manufacturing sauces and now spices is um, uh-huh. you know, obviously there's the whole, you know, they put fillers and preservatives and, you know, anti-caking agents, anti-slip agents, anti you you name it. They're putting just all sorts of stuff that we can they technically say, Oh, well, you can eat it. Um, as long as you label the major allergens like the wheat, dairy, soy. Um, Mm. shellfish, fish, corn. I can't remember what they all are. So, but then there's people like you and me who like, if something has anthem gum, for example, for me, I can't tolerate Uh, it. It'll make me sick, uh but that's not a major allergen, but I want to make sure because you can switch out, say arrowroot powder for xanthan gum and that's fine. And another thing I learned, and this is what to me is really scary about the food industry and why I am full disclosure lady and have, I've spent 11 Mm. years building trust with my audience. Mm. For example, Let's say there is a jelly, right? Or a jam, your favorite jelly, and it uses pectin, right? As the Mm -hmm. the binder that makes it jelly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When the manufacturer goes to make the next batch, he's getting low, he's making his blueberry jam or jelly or whatever, and he can't get pectin because it's sold out supply chain, blah, blah, blah. He can use xanthan gum and switch it out. Well, xanthan gum is not considered one of the major allergies, so he can do that. And he has up to a year FDA regulations to change his label. So he can use his old label to say (gasps) pectin. I know. Oh my God. Isn't that nuts? Yeah. I mean, as long as it's not, you know, if it's, if it's a nut or soy or wheat or dairy, that stuff's got to be disclosed. But if it's something like that, you can switch it out and use your label and then get your new labels. And the next time you make it, you'll probably use the new labels. But so I think for me, knowing this piece of information helped me feel less crazy on those times where I've purchased something that I thought was safe for me. And it made me sick. You know, I'm like, Oh, something yeah. like that must've happened. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I see. I didn't know. And so I I've had that happen as well. Yeah. There's so much to, I mean, yeah. and I know a very popular topic is the olive oil uh, being cut. You know, they're legally allowed to cut olive oil up to 40% with cheaper seed oils. So if you see like light olive oil or something that doesn't look like olive oil, it's because it's not and things like that. And I, and I, I've been taught, I've been crowing about this since 2011 when people thought I was crazy because I went to my friend's um, place in Puglia. He makes, he made the oil and his husband now he passed away, but his husband continue, widower continues to make the oil that I use in my sauces. Um, uh-huh. But he was like, you know, they cut your oil over there. And I was like, whatever, Paul, Paul's just trying to sell me his oil. I was like, I get it. You have nice Italian oil and we're dumb Americans with our dumb American oil. But he was like, no, they really do. They, the FDA allows you to cut it. 
And they, uh, so then I did a bunch of research. I found it not only do they, can they cut it, they put deodorizers in it because oil goes rancid really quickly. They put chlorophyll in it so that it colorizes. Actually, chlorophyll is probably the least egregious because at least that's a natural substance to give it a color like olive oil. Um, They put bleaches, deodorizers, things like that, because oil, unlike wine, you want young oil, right? So the fresher the oil is, the better it is, but it can turn rancid or go flabby, they say. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, so they have to put chemicals in it and you're like, and it's not on the label and it's really upsetting. And so I think, you know, I say all this stuff, not to scare people, but to go, it's time for us to all kind of take some responsibility and find out who our food producers are. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And these little Mm -hmm. tiny companies like mine, but it's, screw mine. You don't have to support mine, but like people in your state, in your neighborhood, in your, you know, whatever the rural area is where they're doing cool food stuff, support them. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there's a lot of sticker shock with that. And I was like, and and I've now learned it's because it's expensive, nice, high quality food to the people. It's really cheap to get cheap cut fillered food to the people. And we're in big trouble in this country feeding a lot of people, feeding the masses, the food that we're feeding them. Oh yeah, I'm sure. You know, I'm sure. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. It just, um, because it's not, it's not even just the physical side, which is bad enough, but there's the whole emotional to our brains. Oh yeah. Um, and, and then they, they, you know, then they see people out there shooting people and it, and, and they go, why are they doing that? Well, Probably if you go look at their diet, you're going to get started why they're doing it. There's a lot of other, of course, a lot of other reasons, right? Not trying to, to minimize any of that. Part of that thing usually has to do as well with, with food, because if people can't afford to be buying good quality food, they're going to eat what they can get, of course, you know, and, and then they get addicted to it. Right. And it just, that's the scary part. You just don't even know. Well, I mean, you can say, I think it's okay to generalize and say people who are happy and well-adjusted don't go into shopping malls and shoot off guns. That's true. So, and part of being happy and well-adjusted is, is the food component. Obviously there's several other components, but people are hurting and the dietary stuff. And again, I guess I come back to the title of like, I notice. and again, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a researcher. I'm yeah, just a yeah, lady right. no, me neither. writing recipes. <laughs> That's it. Uh-huh. But I will tell you <laughs> if, if, you know, for me, my experience, what worked for me was cha- taking the processed foods out as, as yeah. often as I can. And um, yeah. it changed my brain chemistry for the better. And listen, I'm, I came up as an actor, a comic and a voice talent. Like you have to have a, you have to have some level of screw up to go into that business. So it's okay. I own it. I own it. But, um, uh, you know, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, well, having grown up in LA, I understand. Oh yeah. You know, especially West LA, you've, you've seen it all. Oh yeah. No, no, absolutely. I mean, hell, there were some child actors that even went to my, my high school. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Interesting. (laughs) But we won't go there. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it's, um, yeah, and it's, and it's, and it's so interesting because it, it really isn't that difficult to create good food. I mean, we do have access mostly unless you live in a food desert, which that's something Mm -hmm. that I want to explore is being able to help out folks. I think a lot of people live in a food desert, but Probably, if I'm guessing, most people who listen to this podcast don't live in a food desert. But mm. um, but now with the, things are becoming easier to to obviously mail order or get stuff. However, mm-hmm. that's a place of privilege to be in to be able to 
order something, yeah. order nice food in the mail and have it delivered to your house. That That's yeah. not lost on me. So, um, yeah. but I always tell people, because I have, I have audience members from all walks of life. And I always say, get the best that you can afford that's available to you. Mm-hmm. That's all you can do. Yeah. You know, and and don't beat yourself up. And just if you're sticking to whole foods as much as possible, and and it does suck that the the grain lobby subsidizes all these processed food products. Oh my god! And I I wish that the I wish that grass fed uh the the farmers who are doing grass fed ruminant farming were subsidized so that we could have access Mm -hmm. to that sort of meat um and not have Mm -hmm. it be crazy expensive. However, I will say when I first started this. And, and by the way, I'm not saying I'm a proponent. I don't, if you're a vegan, a vegetarian or a meat eater, I just across all spectrums, we can all agree that we want our food supply chain to be cleaned up. So, um, but when I first started, if you are a meat eater, um, nobody was doing grass fed. And if you got, it was like three times the price. Now it's gone down, which is proof that if people go in that direction economically, they, yeah. if there's an economic opportunity, everything's economically driven, right? So mm-hmm. if people see that, if the far, they're like, wait a minute, what if we got into some regenerative farming? And then now there's so many more resources out yeah. there and the farmers and the yeah. ranchers of the world out there, especially the indie guys are working so hard to deliver us high quality products yeah. and, and it's happening, yeah. but very slowly. And there's still, you know, horrible yeah. factory farms and, you know, Oh my God. Yeah. 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 No. And, and I mean, I'm, I'm the first to admit that where I live, I'm spoiled. Oh yeah. Me too. Okay. Yeah. And you know, the farmer's market is just down the street twice a week. Right. Yep. Um, and you know, and there's a, there's a grocery store with two stores that is totally organic. Everything they have in there is organic, you know, so, so I'm, I'm spoiled. Yeah. Me too. And, and I'm spoiled because I can afford to buy it, this, right. buy it. I mean, there's still a difference, you know. Um, and I'm very lucky that I can that I can I have access to it and I can afford it. Right, right. And not everybody has both no. of those both of those things. Right. But you know, from from days when I when I couldn't necessarily afford it and it wasn't quite so accessible, I know that you know you you have to pick and choose. Oh, definitely. And you have to maximize right? your dollar. Yeah. And I really like that. I think at least when I was growing up, the, the, the behavior that was modeled by my mother and my grandmother were, they were the ones who were, tar- especially my grandmother's generation. She mm. was targeted as the generation of convenience and get a TV dinner. And mm. isn't this great? Um, and yeah. we can, you know what I mean? Like, and so it oh, was yeah. so exciting for the convenience. And then you think to yourself, right. it wouldn't feed us bad food. Like, the, yeah, they didn't know. They didn't know that she was the generation that put parquet and the squeeze bottle on everything. So if you cooked the corn, it had the parquet. If you had a bread, you squeeze the parquet. And that was at the time parquet. I don't even know if parquet is still in business, but parquet was partially hydrogenated or trans fat or whatever. Oh my God. Yeah. 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 It was all, that's all it was. was, Yeah. That's right. I was going to say it was a hundred percent. Yeah. It was a hundred percent trans fat. Yeah. With some yellow food coloring, yellow number five, probably, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and I remember thinking, so then that's modeled to my mother and then that's modeled mm-hmm. to me. And so my mom was a single mom. She didn't have time to cook food. I would sit at home and watch uh, Julia Child and the Frugal Gourmet on PBS uh-huh. and uh-huh. go, oh, I really want to cook something. So I actually learned how to cook from watching cooking shows as a kid and then working for a catering company. Oh, okay. um, and when uh-huh. you cut when you cut 5,000 onions, you really get experience oh, on, on uh, yeah. stuff. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So, you know, and I, I just, 
started to, I never really had real food growing up. My mom had a limited repertoire of things to cook, but she was busy working and Mm, as well mm. she should she was trying to support me Mm -hmm. and get the household running and I think that's a very typical story of a lot of folks now and so what I'm finding with my audience are people like me who had to get back Mm. into the kitchen or go into the kitchen for the first time who maybe did because you'd be surprised but everybody wants to talk about oh my grandmother she taught me how to make this that and the other I was like my grandmother didn't know how to make anything (laughs) and god bless her you know what I mean but it was a different generation then and the things too that we used to mock on. So the other side of my family, the Italian side, we used to mock my grandparents came over from Italy. And when mm-hmm. I was growing up, it was not cool to hang your clothes out on the clothesline. It was not mm-hmm. cool to jar and can your food. It was not mm-hmm. cool to have your own chickens with the eggs. It was not cool to do any of that. And now it's like, it that's what everybody's starting to do. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Everybody yeah. wants their own eggs. Yeah. Everybody, especially eggs right now are crazy expensive. Everybody yeah. wants to yeah. be canning their own food. Everybody wants to be have a garden. Oh, the garden in the back was like embarrassing <laughs> because it meant like, oh God, let's be American and eat the processed foods. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh-huh. And so to yeah. have that change, I'm like, oh, now y'all are seeing the wisdom of the immigrant culture. Oh yeah. Me too. Yeah. And I, I was like, wait, hold on. <laughs> Hence my own sauces. Yeah. 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 Yeah, no, I, I, I know, and and I, and I know. I was telling you a little bit about before we we started yeah. recording. But um, when I, I think I was in my early thirties, I guess, when I got really, 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 really sick, and that's when I ended up going to an allergist, um, just because of, as I said before, my family's history with with um with things it was so interesting because at that point there were no the only place when i found out i was allergic to wheat and dairy cows in particular um and and a list of other things i the only place i could find noodles that were not made out of wheat was at the japanese food store i was gonna say the vietnamese has the rice vermicelli yeah Yeah, exactly the japanese yeah yeah, they would do Uh buckwheat noodles or yep mm-hmm. yeah and 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 um yeah buckwheat and and rice yeah they would do rice noodles yeah so you know i that's where i went because that was the only place luckily i lived right near the asian right. food stores and so it's really easy you know people people thought i was crazy yeah. you know my my um <laughs> my now husband said to me um many years later after this and said you know, it's a good thing that we had been together for a while before you developed all these allergies, because I don't think I could have gone through it otherwise. (laughs) (laughs) You know what my, so my daughter, who's now 23 and living in Rome, right before she left for college, she had a bunch of health Michigan stuff happen. Mm -hmm. Right. And Mm -hmm. was ultimately diagnosed with Hashimoto's. And she's at the stage of Hashimoto's where where she's very thin. You know how Hashimoto's, and this isn't everybody's experience, but I've seen uh-huh. What I witness is you're super thin, super thin, super thin, and then you hit 35, and then all of a sudden you gain 40 pounds and you're hypothyroid. And that's when they figure out you have Hashimoto's when you've had it all along. Uh, and yeah. and some okay. people have Hashimoto's yeah. and they're super thin. Some people have it and they put their hypothyroid, you know. So she it was discovered, long story short, it was discovered, but when she got the tie, and I'm laughing because it was such terrible timing. You have to laugh. The week before she left for college, I at least had till I was 28 to figure out I had to be gluten-free. She figured it out at 18 going to college. And so I was like, I at least had the beer and pizza experience. I mean, it was completely unhealthy, but I at least had to have the, you know, the junk food experience. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and she was like, 
oh man, but she is thriving because she found out earlier. She's thriving in a way where it took me a much longer time. And then my mom was 58 when she was diagnosed. So it was like, she Mm. never had that chance to, she kind of recovered Mm -hmm. going gluten-free, but then she was still a sugar addict. So it's like, Um, I'm, I'm glad that the kids are finding out at younger ages now, because at least, you mm -hmm. know, and, and also there's way more stuff on the market. And, and by the way, I'm not totally anti-processed foods. I'm glad there's a gluten-free pizza that you can get. I'm glad that yeah. um, like uh, Italy makes a Rosa Pomodoro gluten-free pizza crust that is so good that, Ooh, you know, I, okay. I it's I'll not like I never want to have a regular pizza again. Of course I do. I want there to be innovation in food. Yeah. I want things to be created, but I want it to be done in a healthy and sustainable way. You know, you want, okay. at least I want my little corner of the supply chain for my sauces and spices to be regenerative to be supporting the farmers and obviously Mm -hmm. to taste good. And then I want, you know, I want full more disclosure and food labeling and what things will actually do to you if you eat them. Thank you. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, all, yes, all that. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Preach, honey. Yes, 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 exactly. Exactly. No, and it's, and it's funny because just one more thing with my, my out, my allergist, God love him. I don't even know if he's still around. When when we got my whole big long list, he said, I can't help you go have a good life. Just, you know, um, don't eat those things that bother you. Right. right. And um at that time he was so much on the on the fringes. Oh, I'm sure. That he that he actually closed up his practice. He couldn't handle it anymore. I was gonna say, even to be an allergist back then was probably revolutionary. Yeah. Yeah. Well, especially his kind. Yeah. You know, I mean, my mother had been to allergists and gotten shots. She used to, I used to right. go with her when I was little, you know, but, but yeah, I mean, he was just such a wonderful, wonderful That's amazing. person. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it was a lesson. Yeah. Now, now we've got all of these doctors that are, you know, all on the fringes and all. We the, love it. Know. Try yeah. it out. Why not? You know, Yeah. I, sometimes I think too, there's, it's good that we have a wide range of solutions because you never know where people mm-hmm. are in their lives and the sort you. of solutions yeah. they're looking for might be different. And I always Thank just try you. to, I just, I'm offering out some stuff. You know what I mean? And if it's right for you, great, come on in. We have a community, yeah. we support, you know, we talk, I'm very uh-huh. interactive with, with the people as much as I can. And um, one thing uh-huh. I did do uh, the sauce is in the past year, making the move into retail stores has been a complete oh. time suck and we'll see it's oh, starting to unfold, but like, it's an interesting uh-huh. thing trying to play the traditional grocery store game with making yeah. a high quality product. So <laughs> I'm, I'll come back on another time. We'll talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty oh, no, exactly. interesting to learn exactly. about like how stuff gets on grocery store shelves. You'd be shocked. Yeah. Oh, oh no, I wouldn't. I you, spent- you wouldn't be. 30 years <laughs> you working know. in supply chain. It wasn't even called supply chain then. It was, yeah. um, it was, uh, I'm drawing a blank now on the word, but anyways, yeah. Logistics. Yeah, supply chain. Yeah. Logistics. Yes. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. And even before that, it was called, it was a steamship company. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, so, we got to get stuff somehow. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Truck, trucks, trains, and, and ships. That's right. There you go. I don't think people knew when they were, I the rail strike well. was threatening, a couple months ago when the rail strike was threatening, I was like, no, because we wouldn't be able to get yeah. some, some of our tomatoes. I know. And then it, it was averted. And I was like, I don't think America even knows the danger that was averted by that rail strike not happening because our grocery yeah. store shelves would have looked a lot different without the, yes. the rail delivered food. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's when you go start going to the local farmer's market might've helped people. That's true. <laughs> Who knew? 
Who knew? But anyways, well, okay. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your, you are, have so much stuff out there in the world, your podcast and, yes. and your foods and your books and, you know, tell us a little bit, a little bit more about those. Well, I, I have the two cookbooks out and um, here's where I'm a little different than some other folks. I don't put the calorie counts and macro counts with my recipes. And that can sometimes be an incendiary stance because I, okay. I am trying to keep people away from diet mentality. So for me coming up as uh, an actor and always watching my weight and wanting to count calories, it was a little crazy making. And by a little crazy making, I mean, it made me crazy full on. Yeah. And um, the diet mentality for me was a lot of, if I just restrict enough, if I'm just good enough, if I behave good which means restricting my food, counting, all that stuff, then I will be good and I will lose the weight. And to me, it was such a sick cycle that was making me sicker with, you know, you can get borderline OCD, disordered eating, bad habits. Mm. By the way, if you're recognizing yourself in any of this, please talk to somebody who can help. I don't put that stuff because I just use real food <laughs> as my ingredients. And I still get a lot of kickback from people who want to count. And I'm like, I understand and I hear you and everybody... It, is are is where they are. Is that grammatically correct? I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. People are where they are. And uh, I get that. But I will say now having done this eating real food, cutting out processed sugars and grains for the most part and changing the way my body operates, the way that my brain chemistry is, you really do. Our bodies are amazingly capable of eating and then when you're full, they say, well, I'm full and you stop eating like a, a bag of potato chips. You'll never get the signal that you're full. You can eat that whole bag of potato chips and maybe something else a half an hour later. Right. But if you're eating, um, let's if you're a vegetarian, let's say it's a bunch of vegetables with olive oil and avocado. Or if you're a, a meat eater, you eat a nice juicy ribeye. You have a higher fat thing. Mm -hmm. You can't eat more. Of, you're done. Like you're I'm full, you know. And, um, yeah. so think yeah. your, your hormonal system will literally respond positively mm -hmm. eventually, you know, and I'm not saying it's going to yeah. be easy at first because number one, you physically have to get off of sugar. That's a physical addiction. That's real. And it exists. And you're going to have to figure out how to do that and be uncomfortable for probably seven to 10 days. Okay. Mm -hmm. But in the grand scheme of things, if you can delay gratification for that period of time, what you get on the other side of it is so beneficial even right down to, and I make a joke in my first book about how I'm that a-hole at parties who's like, did you guys taste these cherries? They taste like candy <laughs> because your palate changes. You literally mm -hmm. will change the way you taste food. And, um, mm -hmm. and my friends are like, no, you know what tastes like candy? Candy. And I'm like, no, this fruit tastes, it tastes so fresh. It's a, it's a candy. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it really does. And then when you have a bite of something overly sweet or you can see how much sugar masks the flavor of things oh, and it's yeah, very exactly. cloying. And it, I always say it feels like yeah, it punches uh -huh. you in your front teeth. Like you're like, mm, like it gets you. Yeah. So, yeah. so um, it's very important for me to stay solid as a voice of reason in this crazy mm -hmm. diet community, because a lot of people find me through wanting to do low carb and keto. And I am here to say, it's not just a thing you're going to do for four to six months. And then you stop. Like Thank when you, you cut out processed foods, this is going to be your new understanding. You're going to have a paradigm yeah. shift. Yeah. Plus, so that's the physical plus, then you get to see and it happens every single time without exception. You white, you white knuckle the physical stuff, right? And then you feel better. And then 
life happens, something crappy happens, someone's an a-hole to you, you go through a breakup, you go through all, life happens to all of us. And then- you lose your job, whatever. You your yeah. jo- whatever it is. Then you start to feel feelings and then you go, and this happens every single time you feel feelings and then you go, hold on. I used to use food to smash those feelings- <laughs> smash them back in. And when you kind of, when you give up the processed foods, you're not using those processed foods to smash your feelings anymore. And oftentimes people have to like, you have to address your stuff. It's going to come up. And so that's the point where I find people will go away and go on a bender and then they come back. Mm. They're like, cause they know physically I've done the things I've lost the weight. I can do it again, but now I'm going to come back mm. to it and do the physical things, but also address the emotional and spiritual stuff. Uh, and that's fine. Okay. It's all part of the process. Yeah. It's oh, all, no, it's absolutely. all good. We're all figuring absolutely. it out as we go along. Oh no, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's my yeah. stuff. That's my philosophy behind everything. I want to just be a calm voice of reason. Here's some recipes mm-hmm. there. By the way, they're all delicious. I don't publish duds. That's another thing I learned in the food industry, uh, in the uh, recipe writing industry. And, you know, uh-huh. they just slap stuff, slapdash together. And I'm like, no, I test my recipes. Yeah. And that was because before I did my first book, I had a book agent who I didn't wind up working with who told me, um, why would anybody buy your cookbook? Who are you? And I was like, oh, okay. I, I get that, even though that hurts to hear it. So I'm yeah. going to make sure that everything I put out there is good because then you can't get uh-huh. me on that. So sure, you might not know who the heck I am, but you know my recipes are good. So I did that. And then I had a listener call uh, call me and he said he lost 80 pounds cooking out of my books uh, and he's a food manufacturer wow. and he wanted to get away from producing so much processed foods. So uh, we developed, we took some time and we developed the sauces and he was uh, my first manufacturer and made a gorgeous product. And um, because I wanted it to taste like how I made my sauces. And I also had to do a mm-hmm. sales job on myself because I was like, doesn't everybody make their marinara from scratch every time? Cause that's what I do. No. That's what I've done for 30 years and apparently not. So if you're going to buy no. the jarred sauce, got to get a nice jarred sauce. That's all. So then it turned into my spice blends. Then it turned, cause the spice world is insane how much stuff they sneak into spices. So it's all kind of mm. growing. And then we're launching dressings soon because I'm sure, as you know, dressings have a lot of soybean oh, wow. oil, corn oil, sunflower, yeah. sunflower. Yeah. The, the, yeah. The, the, that the, I, that I do like salad dressing and stuff yeah. and other kinds of, yeah. Yeah. That Again, I make my own make salad myself. dressing. Yeah, yeah, I always so do. do. I. Yeah. But apparently a lot of people don't, and they would like to have salad dressing with olive oil, which I'm going to provide, but I want people to know, you know why they use soybean oil and corn? Because it's cheap. Canola oil, cheap. Also inflammatory. <laughs> Very not good. But um, oh my God, so, yeah. you know, yeah. So we're, I'm just going to keep wherever I can come up with shelf stable stuff. I'm going to do it because mm-hmm. I want the, I want the nicest quality of that stuff to be available. Like I was looking at horse prepared horseradish the other day. I love horseradish. Mm-hmm. I love it so much. <laughs> I'll put it on everything. Um, try to find a horseradish that doesn't have a ton of preservatives. Now, what food manufacturers will then tell me is, well, okay, well you try to make it without all the preservatives and I'm going to try to do that. I'm going to figure it out. And I'm sure you will. <laughs> I'm very well, die trying. <laughs> I gotta get my no, horseradish. I, I was gonna say I don't think I don't think you'd take it that far, but yeah. <laughs> I don't know. This business is crazy. It might kill me, but I'm enjoying it right now. Yeah. Well, you got your hands in a lot of different things, so that yeah. makes it easy. And you can, yeah. when you get sick of doing this, you can do that for a little while. And exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's me. Yeah, for sure. That's great. So where are all of your things available? I mean, are they? Well, thank you for asking, Susan. Yes. So um, we are in retailers in SoCal. And uh, if you go to eathappykitchen.com, 
if you mm -hmm. want our products, I also have a form you can fill out that says suggest a grocer because, and we do, everybody who fills out that form, oh. Megan, who's my mm -hmm. right hand and I, we call those stores. We're like, Hey, who's your buyer? You, can we send you samples? Like we, we move on all that uh -huh. stuff. So, uh, we are in, uh, but you can also order DTC. That's the phrase DTC direct to consumer at eathappykitchen.com. We have uh, everything for sale there. And then, uh, I have PDFs of the cookbooks there, but you can also get the hardcover cookbooks at, you know, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, all those places, the places where you get the books. Yeah. Okay. I'm just looking to see if I had your, they didn't give me your website. Eathappykitchen.com is probably the best one. I also have a okay. Substack newsletter where that's where I'm printing all of my, uh, publishing all of my new recipes uh, with the exception of what's coming out and then the next book, but annavicino.substack.com. I, I, I'm all over the internet. Say hi. Just do a Google on you. Yeah. yeah do, do the Google. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> exactly. That's great. Yeah, because I, I like putting, you know, all the um the links and stuff. In, oh, in yeah. The, in the show notes. I think people, who, yeah. yeah, I know I'm that way. When I hear somebody on a podcast, I'm like, oh, what's it? Where are they? And I look in the show notes. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, um, yeah, so that's, that's so exciting. I'm going to have to, uh, I'm going to have to follow up and find some of your sauces. And no doubt there's probably something in them that I'll be allergic to. But my husband will <laughs> Maybe. be fine because he can eat, he can eat. Everything. He can eat anything. I, see, I'm married to one uh -huh. of those as well. Um, yeah. So I, you know, Vinny, my podcast co-host, he has NSNG, no sugars, no grains. And that's the philosophy yeah. that I adhere to. But my husband, I always joke is ASAG, all sugars. <laughs> and he's also one of, by the way, also too, genetics plays a huge part in stuff because I'm married to oh a man God. where genetics are like, he's just like, looks like that. He's just, he looks like a football quarterback. Like he's just ripped. Mm -hmm. He'll lift like a little bit of weights and he decide I'm not going to have ice cream for three days. And all of a sudden he has a six pack and you're like, that's not fair. But some people that's have right. genetics on their life. side. That's right. And that's life. Yeah, they'll they'll yeah. be they'll be twenty to thirty percent of the population that can eat whatever sugar they want and still be pretty fit looking and they can process it and that's fine. But for the rest of us who can't do that, we just have yeah. to own the fact that our bodies weren't. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Absolutely, I totally agree. Yeah. And with that, I think we can we can wrap up. Otherwise, we'll be here for another hour. That's right. Sure. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> which we will which we will do at a later time. Yes. Okay, so let me do my usual little spiel here, which is that um, I am not a doctor, and actually neither of us are doctors, and this is not to be seen as medical advice. If you are having physical issues, please go and see your doctor or find a good doctor for yourself or go to the uh, emergency room if it's an emergency. And with that, I will... <laughs> That's such a funny look on your face. Um, I, I mean, if it's say, an emergency, guys, go to the emergency room. No brainer. I know. Well, you would think, but it's always nice to say it and take the responsibility off of me. And so with that, I will say goodbye and thank you again for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me.